Hi, Doug. Hello. How are you today? Yeah, I'm not bad, thank you. I'm not bad. It's uh, nice to be back at work after summer. Yeah. And you, you work quite a while now during the summer. Yeah, well, now, well, it's Friday now, so this is uh, th- my third week back after my holiday. Uh, yeah. And then most people come back on Monday, so it's been nice to actually have some people to speak to this yeah. week before I've just been sat on my own. And you go a little bit mad after a while then. And when this uh, episode is published, are you then you are already married, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a plan. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, yeah. If it all goes to plan, you know, and, uh, <laughs> if she doesn't change her mind, you know, at the last minute, then uh, yeah. hopefully, yeah. So. Yeah. So so everyone can just send their congratulations. Uh, in the comments. To to Zuma's office, yeah, or in the <laughs> comments, yeah. If there's presents, then yeah. Yeah. We can we can figure out somewhere. Yeah. So I think some of our listeners have uh, listened to you and seen you in a, some previous episode. You're always in the call, making sure that uh, the technique is uh, working fine and and uh, kind of overlooking everything. And uh, and uh, today we will have more in the talk with you and and uh, hear what what you do at Zuma. So so please introduce yourself. Uh, who who are you at Zuma? What do I do at Zuma? Yeah, well, um, my title is content producer, I believe. Um, I know we're not so careful about titles, uh, Zoom and things like that. But um, yeah, I, I do a lot, I suppose. I mean, certainly all of Zuma's internal content I'm kind of responsible for in some way, you know, writing it or, you know, like this podcast, for example, editing it, videos and, and things like that. And obviously kind of herding everyone else who writes like you know you you write a lot and Anders and Stella and so on and then I work with customers a little bit as well um on similar things that I do for Zuma and uh then just on top of that you know kind of a, a mishmash of all sorts like HubSpot kind of HubSpot generalist really I suppose I've been using HubSpot for quite a while and uh you know kind of more strategic stuff i suppose you could say you know with um you know our kind of long-term content plan you know how we think about uh how we produce content and and what topics that we write about and that kind of thing so so yeah it's it's a bit of everything really yeah and what did you do before suma um i did a, a very similar job actually kind of being the like jack of all trades i suppose when it comes to like online really um except not an agency then it was a kind of a large traditional b2b company as we like to say and i did that for a while and then uh before that i was actually a, a journalist um quite briefly that's what i studied and then i i worked for a newspaper for two years or so which yeah. again you know was a lot of content same kind of ideas really yeah and so what, what's the biggest difference between your previous role and the role you have at suma yeah, I think the the biggest difference is um, that, you know, I'm not the only one because previously, and, and I know this is also the case at, at some of our customers as well, and more generally kind of, a you know, large traditional B2B companies that, you know, um, there's kind of generally, you know, you know, like one person or maybe a couple of people who who are kind of full-time focused on online digital 
often the case that you know there's there's often like a, a team but you know often those people have other duties as well or maybe they don't even work full time so that was kind of the situation whereas here at Zuma you know I'm like one of it, you know it's, it's still kind of my main responsibility but there's lots of other people who you know uh do the same or or similar things you know to varying degrees yeah. so it's kind of the difference between being you know the kind of one like go-to guy and then being part of a larger team you know yeah yeah exactly and, and also um i work uh, i mean with a lot of external uh, content producers and content creators at other companies and i think your role here is really you like you said in the beginning here you you are have you're involved in everything that's uh, involved with the uh, sumas communications and uh, the content suma produce really if you don't produce it yourself you just you have it somewhere in some documents and and you kind of lead everything that we do and um, as um, i i contribute to the internal communication some Sometimes with writing a blog post or or recording this uh, podcast, but it's really I'm really confident with having you as a colleague who who has the really the helicopter view of, of everything. Mm. Was that a role you you thought you were going into, or is that something that evolved or that the administrative workload as well? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's it's I think it's quite a good role to have really obviously it takes some time to to come into it because you need to build up a lot of knowledge you know how things work and stuff and the advantage for me was was that i knew zuma quite well before i started but but more of my old job you know it is often you know like we said it's kind of a marketing person who um you know at these b2b companies who has that kind of helicopter role and i think it's quite good to have that kind of role in the marketing team because you suddenly you know start like mixing with a lot of other departments that you know are very useful to to kind of be acquainted with really you know so you know maybe your main task is is like producing content but you know if you're kind of the the online person you know you often get roped into kind of other projects you know with uh again i'm just using an example from my own past but like spare parts or whatever like service department and helping out with some kind of digital project there and then you kind of get those contacts in another part of the company that maybe you wouldn't have spoken to otherwise or maybe you're speaking up with product management and then you know upper management and so on so you know i guess those kind of generalists are always good to have in a company regardless of what department they work in but especially in marketing when you work in the way that zuma says you should work at least you know you um, produce a lot of knowledge content and you have to kind of extract this kind of expertise from the company um and show it off to people you know it's good to to have that kind of spider in the web to use a, a yeah. swedish expression yeah exactly so you you've been at zuma now for uh, is it eight months or yes yeah yeah and uh, so could you Give some examples of initiative you have uh, have uh, made or been involved in during these eight months. I suppose one kind of initiative which has just has been ongoing for quite a while that I like inherited was how we worked with uh, how we how we still work with uh, topic clusters and, and 
cluster content. I'm not sure if we've done a podcast about topic clusters. I know it's on the agenda. Um, yeah, exactly. And I can do some, yeah. And I can also promote the webinar that we'll have later this year about topic clusters that people should watch out for. But um, Can you do a brief they, uh, explanation of what it is? <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose. Um, what is it then? Yeah, well, it, it's kind of a, it's like a content strategy that, that kind of focuses on, you know, the goal is to, to increase organic search visibility. So, you know, a lot of companies produce content around a few topics. And in our case, you know, it's like a digital agency, it'll be like content creation and, and digitalization and stuff. Um, so, you know, lots of people do that anyway, but it's basically just doing it in a more structured way and having these different topics or clusters clusters that you know answer a range of questions and cover like a very big range of keywords that people are searching around that topic and then kind of on the more technical side it's it's um how you actually publish and connect all of these different articles online so you have very long uh, kind of pillar page that acts as like the core of the cluster and then lots of articles that kind of expand on the topics you have in your cluster and they're linked to each other, all these pages, they have the same URL structure and, um, and that makes it becomes a kind of collective search effect, really, that, that boosts everything at the same time. So so that's something I've been involved with. And, and then aside from that, um, yeah, lots of other stuff. I mean, generally kind of continuing with the expansion of Zuma.se, which when I joined was still very, very new. And I think it's kind of the first really proper website Zuma's had kind of expanding that, improving it and, you know, testing things on our website that, that we do for customers so that we know how to do it. Yeah. And webinars as well. You, know yeah, you yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, new for me as well, but yeah, we've, we've, um, started with, uh, webinars, I think kind of late last year and then continued in 2020, which I mean, has been natural obviously, because previously something that we might have done in the office you know with customers we can't do anymore so no and uh, so you are involved in many different kind of formats uh, it, the content cluster is very text driven this is video and audio and you edit it and uh, you also prepare all all the things in the, in the webinars program but what do you think is the most what do you enjoy most of what formats of content? Yeah. To what do you like? What do you like most to consume? If we start there. Yeah, that's a that's a good uh, way in. Um, probably video. I I sit on YouTube far too much and um have got a bit better at, at video, uh, having you know worked with it in my old job and and then here as well. And uh, and did you do any content clusters? previously or was that the new or topic clusters uh no no that is that is more of a, a new um thing for me actually like i said you know we produce an awful lot of content at my old job but it was um uh not unstructured but but not kind of structured in that same way it was more you know um oh we haven't written about this in a while so so we'll produce something like that i'll speak to this person whereas with with topic clusters there's a lot more um you know, spreadsheets and uh, looking in Search Console and, and things like that, which is uh, quite interesting. And it makes also your life a little bit easier because um, 
you know, you don't have to sit and struggle and, and think about uh, what are we going to publish this week? Because when you do your research about these clusters to begin with, you know, you have a long list of the top performing search words. And if you publish, you know, two articles a week or something and you have a hundred keywords, you know, then there's plenty to, to be working on really. Yeah. And uh, what, what are the most biggest challenges with your role at Sumo? Well, I mean, I, I think it's the challenge that every person who has a job like ours has, and I'm sure even, you know, at like HubSpot, you know, when they publish like multiple articles every day, you know, not even two weeks is just producing the content at the rate that you actually need to. Because I mean, you, you know, you're quick at writing. I can write a decent article fairly quickly. Um, and I think that's that's kind of a big part of it, really, because a lot of people can can write a perfectly serviceable article, but it's just like, how long does it take? You know, does it take like eight hours or does it take two, you know? Yeah. So that's probably the challenge. But again, the topic cluster approach makes that a lot easier. And then also what we do here and then what we, you know, try to convert customers to doing, which is to do like ghostwriting, getting, you know, experts and, and people from other parts of the company who aren't content creators to, you know, at least contribute in some way and provide at least the raw material that you can then work a little bit. And like yeah, we said, how much, you know, we, how much do we publish? We publish at least one article week per uh, week. The, well, or... the goal is uh, two a week and we generally yeah. stick to that. And then we have a podcast every week and then, uh, and then yeah, a few more articles with news and stuff, depending on what's going on. And then Swedish articles as well, which get translated. So, And how do you make sure that the, something is constantly produced? just uh just write a lot really <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's uh i kind of had the luxury before of of uh you know being able to set aside a day or something or a few hours and say okay well i'll, I'll write now but you know when you have a role kind of like this or you know whether it's a, a place like zuma or or a larger company then, you know, you have lots of other things to do at the same time. So so it's kind of uh, like if you have a 20-minute window or something, just try and write down like a few paragraphs or something and then constantly yep. dip in and out of it. I don't know how you how you work, if you prefer to take everything at once or if you do it a bit more like that. Yeah, I often uh, do half days uh, writing, like four hours on something and then four hours on something else, but not eight hours on the same articles yeah exactly and, but something we do at zoom as well and which you are leading is these uh, every second week we have two hours blocked in the calendars where we meet uh, we are five people who who write either a pillar page or an article and and that uh, i think that helps a lot with keeping the regularity of uh, content producing as well and, and in these yeah meetings. definitely and, and um i think that's something that every company should do really it's 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 kind of a no-brainer really but a lot of people don't do it so I, I guess maybe it's not such a no-brainer it is is uh you know obviously if you're a content creator then it's it's an effective way to to get content you know you invite the people who know a lot about your products and services and either interview them or or let them kind of write a draft of something, come up with ideas for articles or whatever. But I think um, 
aside from that, it kind of really uh, gets things moving a little bit and, and makes people a bit more enthusiastic about creating content in general. That's not such a problem at Zuma, really, because everyone here is fairly convinced, you know, but uh, perhaps if, if you're a marketer at a larger B2B company, then generally the marketing department is, you know, struggling for budget all the time and, and not the top priority and, you know, that kind of thing. But when you start bringing in these people from other departments, then they kind of get it, you know, and, and on kind of a, a basic level, you know, people like the idea that of being experts, you know, that people are interested in what they have to say, but then they also, you know, see the value of sharing this information because within any company, there's always a, an awful lot of knowledge that's completely hidden and, and never really gets shown to, to the customers, at least not before they actually make, you know, start like making a deal or whatever in yeah. that early phase when they discover a company is very kind of uh, basic level. Like these are how great our products are and stuff, but you know, that kind of expertise is um, a little bit invisible sometimes. Yep. And, and you've uh, done that also with, with some of the customers you work with as well, right? Like, you know, you've organized these half day sessions or whatever with them and they invite in their experts and, you know, product experts and developers and so on. And, and you all sit down and. Yeah. And it makes a big uh, difference and improvement. Uh, if we, for example, sit and write for um, like 10 articles about the topic for, for a month uh, and then after that, we 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 invite uh, their experts to to write themselves. It's always something new that pops up that uh, was missed in the interview or or something. That it's really it's really efficient and a good way to to get the knowledge content to get a draft from an expert writing something. And then me as a content creator can just fine tune that into adapting it to uh, SEO text and uh, and writing is maybe structure the story a bit and and so on. I really like that way to get the unique yeah like two hours draft from an expert on something. That uh, I think if if you're stuck and have created a lot of ghostwriting for a while, that's a, just a good way to get new angles into your text and and so on. So if if uh, our listeners have a uh, a blog up and running if they have uh, worked on on uh, topic clusters and are very text heavy right now what do you think now in 2021 and, and forward what should if they should add a new format what should that be and why oh yeah exactly i guess it all depends on on how much capacity you have you know because uh it's um maybe a bit unrealistic to think you know okay, we'll start working with video and we're going to produce 100 videos and they're going to be super nicely filmed and edited and stuff when you don't have any video editing experience. You know, I, I'm not like a video expert by any means. You know, it's taken me a while to, to get to this stage, you know. But I suppose um, it's uh, it's just kind of to try it out, really, and and get started and then you learn as you go. That's That's what we always preach, I guess. You know, it's better to to just try it rather than investing, you know, 200,000 kroner in some kind of super nice video camera or whatever. And then, uh, it never, nothing ever really happens with it. But, um, but the best format, I don't, I don't really know. I think 
I think people have been talking about, you know, how great video is for like five years or something. So I guess it's not very revolutionary for me to say uh, video, but maybe podcasts. I mean, I think it's a it's a nice way to kind of get inside uh, the company a little bit, you know, to have a kind of corporate podcast and uh, and there's maybe more opportunity to do some kind of like fun, you know, angles on it, you know, that, that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. I'm sure I'm sure there was one it was some kind of like a truck company that you know did a podcast with like truck drivers or something like that you know mm. like and yeah. it wasn't about you know interviewing about their products or whatever it was about you know the life of a truck driver and some you know tips for truck drivers and like yeah. you know just a general truck related podcast which wasn't especially focused on on the really particular details of their products but you know it has their name on it and it reaches the people they want to reach and yeah. yeah, I suppose you couldn't really do that on a, you know, on your website or maybe even on a blog, you know, if you're aiming to get a bunch of uh, search traffic. Oh, exactly. And and could you just because now we are recording this for thirty minutes. What do you do when this is done? What What's the process of publishing a podcast? Just for listeners. Yeah, exactly. Understand. Um, yeah, that's that's good because uh, yeah. So a podcast is quite like an effective thing to do because. When I've recorded now, what I always do is I edit it in Adobe Audition, kind of like clear up the sound a bit, put everyone's voices together, cut out silence and also some ums and ahs and things. So if people think we say um a lot in this podcast, then they should know that in real life we say it even more because I cut out like half of it. So you do that and then you get, you know, the audio file. And then also, obviously, we have like our video episodes, so we just kind of put out the, the video recording as well transcribe that, it is that the raw raw recording um, or... more or less the you need yeah. to do a bit like you know how we have it that we have you know our faces all together do that but that doesn't take too long and you transcribe it and there's there's tools that automatically transcribe it for you and then you just need to correct things so that doesn't take too long so i've kind of got it now to like from start from like having the recording which takes you know 20 30 minutes to having the finished podcast video episode article if you're if you set up like a blog you know to, to have your podcast takes about half a day or a little less than half a day which sounds like quite a long time i suppose but you know even with a with an article that's just text you know if you have illustrations and things like that then that can easily take you know four hours to finish yep and then when you have the podcast, you know, like we do, you can repurpose it and you can use it to write an article and you can use your video where you want and so on. So you get quite a lot of bang for your buck, I suppose. Yeah, that's good. Well, I think uh, that's it for today. Thank you very good. much for participating. Thank you, Alexander. Now Thank Anderson's you. here, I have to be the one to say that. <laughs> Great. Good. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to it on Spotify, SoundCloud, or you can subscribe to it on Zuma.se. Thank you very much and bye-bye.